Welcome to Love and Power, An Unexpected Gift by author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. Join us for this Women Inseparable study as we learn what it means to be filled with love and power. Here's Jacqueline. Today's title of our study of Love and Power is The Next Step. Scared? <laughs> Ready? This next step is going to take us into the next six weeks, the second half of our study. This study has nothing to do with anybody but you and your God. So if at any point, for one, if at any point Satan, sometimes Satan wants in, doesn't he? If at any point Satan comes anywhere near you, and you have been in the study of love and power for six weeks. You have been working on your relationship with God in prayer, in scripture, in fasting as one. The more you spend time in prayer, the more you spend time in scripture, the more you spend time in fasting, the more you spend time in your relationship with your God, the more you become aware of Satan's presence. Have you felt that? Have you noticed that? That no longer are you starting to think like, oh, my flesh really wants this. You're now starting to realize that's not my flesh. That's Satan. This is pure darkness. And in the name of Jesus Christ, you have no room here. And you start growing and your eyes start seeing and your ears start hearing and your mind starts understanding. There's a little bit more to do with life than what we see on earth. That's what we're going to be talking about today and the next six weeks. The difference, the difference between life on earth and the life in the kingdom of heaven. We're going to look at that difference. By the way, when Jesus came, Jesus came and preached the same message that John the Baptist preached and the same message the disciples preached. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's at hand. It's not, it's not going to happen the day we get to go home and behold Jesus face to face. The kingdom of heaven is at hand right here, right now. We're going to apply that to our life with God. Heavenly Father, Lord God, if I can stand with these women, whether we're together right now here in the fireside room at Eagle Christian Church, or if we're listening with our girls on podcast or watching on video, Father God, I pray that you'll be with every single one of us women that unite together, declaring that nothing can separate us from the love of God the love of God that is shown through Christ Jesus, our Lord, on the cross and in the grave and risen again. Father God, I pray that you will hold, hold each of us, protect each of us, bind each of us together in such close unity that we get to stand together and that in our unity we'll praise, praise you. I pray that our hunger for you will just expound more and more. I pray that we will meet you where you are, as you are, Father God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the Spirit, the very one that you've gifted to us to walk and to live and to pray and to fast and to communicate with you through your scripture with. I thank you for the Holy Spirit and I pray, I pray protection over me right now as I speak. I pray protection over this room right now as we open up our scripture and as we behold the presence of the Holy Spirit. Satan doesn't like this. His demons don't want this. But Holy Spirit, you're given to us so that we can stand tall, 
so that we could put on our armor and we can behold the very face of God and live within the very kingdom of God that is on earth right now. It is only possible through the Holy Spirit. And I pray, I pray that our words will cling to the power of the Holy Spirit today. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray all these things. Amen. <sighs> Love and power, the next step. If you have... If you have the workbook that goes along with this study, you're going to see the transition that happens in this book. If you do not have this book and you're interested in getting it, we have copies in the back. If you're on podcasts, if you're on videos, you can order one on Amazon today. Same price, whether on Amazon or here live, it's $10. In this book, the first six weeks, do you need this book to do this study? Absolutely not. Do you have to do homework or personal challenges? Absolutely not. This is you and God. That's all there is to it. No rules. I don't like rules. So I'm not going to implement them. However, if you are using this book, the first six weeks, you saw personal challenges. And we went through our personal challenges. The next six weeks of this book, you will no longer see personal challenges. Will you receive a personal challenge? Probably. Because I like to give personal challenges. And they're not homework. Homework is required and graded by a teacher. This is personal challenge. This is your choice. Do what you want. And don't tell me a thing about it. This is between you and God. If you do a challenge, do a challenge, do it with God. If you do a challenge without God, you're wasting your time. So in these next six weeks, we're not going to do a specific personal challenge. Again, if you do this between you and God, don't quit on your relationship with God. Don't ever step away from that. But in the next six weeks, we're going to switch from personal challenges to personal ponderings personal ponderings. This last week, the personal challenge, if you chose to accept, was to spend one hour alone with God. No agenda, just you and God. One hour. The second challenge, if you chose to accept the second challenge, was to spend 24 hours relating your hunger pains to worship of your God. My prayer and my encouragement to you is to take whatever challenge you're at, challenge one or challenge two, whatever challenge God wants you to be at, challenge one or challenge two, or challenge whatever it is that you and God are working on, and to do that the next six weeks. Use that time to grow in your pondering so that it's not so much of these three things that you evaluate. Am I doing these correctly or am I doing these enough? This is me and I'm pondering with God. Do you know when you ponder something, there's never an end? We can think about something and our thoughts come and our thoughts go. But when you ponder something, that pondering sits with you when you wake up in the morning. And it's not that you're like purposing to think about it all day and analyze, well, what does this thought mean? And where's the root in the Greek of this thought? You're having a pondering moment, which is just something that just seeps inside of almost as if it seeps inside of your soul. And it's not something that causes stress and it's not something that causes anxiety. It's something that sits inside of you that you're just, hmm, pondering. We've all done that as a child of God. We've all done that. God. How are you three in one? Ever pondered that? God, why did you send Jesus to come for me? Ever pondered that? These are thoughts that just sit with us and we can think about them literally all day long and they overwhelm us and fill us with such peace and such love and such certainty. 
My prayer in the next six weeks is that you will follow the Holy Spirit, follow the Holy Spirit's leading in your relationship with your God and what he wants you to ponder with him. Does that make sense? We're all going to be doing something completely different because we all need a different word. The first each week in these next six weeks, you'll see some ideas of what you can ponder. If these ideas do absolutely nothing for you, please don't even waste your time on them. You sell your books so well, Jacqueline, I know. This is between you and God. The first one, and here's an example for this week. This is what we're going to be starting with. This is what we're going to be talking about. This is, again, take this before the throne and talk to God about this. But to start your pondering process, my request for you today is that while we are in Mark chapter 9 today, Mark chapter 9, while we're in Mark chapter 9 today, will you pray for one word? Even right now in your seat. Pray, God, I need this one. What word do you need my heart to ponder with you? Not a word that I need to think about, not a word that I need to do a Greek study on, not a word that I need to write a thesis on, a word that I need to ponder with you. What is that word? You may have that word already. You're like, oh, honey, I've been pondering this word for a long time. You may know your word. You may not know your word. Take your time. Take your time. Let the Holy Spirit give you the word that he wants you to ponder. While we study scripture, maybe you'll get your word then. Maybe it'll be a word that's in Mark 9. And when we peek into Matthew 17, maybe there's a word that comes from Matthew 17, verse 20, that's going to overwhelm your soul. And the Holy Spirit's going to be like that. That's your word, honey. This is where you and I, we're going to be sitting all week with this one word. Start with a word. Sometimes, have you noticed that when you're praying and you're fasting, you have the question of, was that me <laughs> or was that him? Ever wondered that? My prayer, and I pray, claim this prayer out loud right now over everyone in this study, that we will find freedom from that. In the name of Jesus, that is my prayer over each and every one of us. That we will find freedom from, is that thought from me or is that thought from God? And I pray that we find that freedom in these next six weeks. How exciting. Love freedom in Christ. I felt like I wanted to pray again. Can you hold this again for me, please? It's my friend Jane. Jane holds my book. Thank you for holding my book. And you can't hold this one, though. Ah. Don't you love your Bible? Is your Bible precious to your heart? Can I ask that again? Is your Bible precious to your heart? Yes. There is a little bit of life. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to say anything. This next step is scaring me. I don't know if I'm ready. I'm not spiritual enough or religious enough. I'm not ready for this. Fasting scares me. I like food. <sighs> Our Bible is precious to us. It's so, it's, it's, we get to tangibly hold our Savior. That's amazing to me. That is absolutely amazing to me. Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. I'm going to go forward in full faith that God is answering my prayers. I am ready to teach four lessons right now. 
but my soul is on fire with what we get to study regarding the kingdom of heaven. Have you ever wondered what the kingdom of heaven really is? Like it's such a mystery. So much so that Jesus says it is a mystery. That's what we get to talk about in the next couple of weeks is the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. We're going to peek into it today. Mark, Mark chapter nine. I'm going to read one verse. I'm going to pray the Lord will take us where he needs us to go as a group. And I pray the Holy Spirit will take you where you need to go and me where I need to go in our personal relationships with our God through the love and the power and the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Mark chapter nine, verse one says, and he said to them, always knowing who your pronouns are. We've got Jesus. We've got Jesus saying to them. And if you look back at the end of Mark eight, you'll know who them is. Them is a crowd. And I know my editor is in the room and she's like, your grammar right now is so bad, (laughs) but them is a crowd and them is the disciples. That's who he's talking to. You'll see that at the bottom, at the end story of Mark 8. Jesus is talking to a crowd that he calls around them. He's talking to the disciples who follow him. And Jesus says to them, truly, she love that his word is always true. He says, truly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God after after it has come with power, do you see those words? Jesus says to them, Mark 9, 1, and he said to them, truly, I say to you, there are some standing here in this crowd among these disciples. There are some, not all, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God after the kingdom of God has come with power. You are standing in this crowd. Do you see yourself standing in this crowd? Visualize that. I highly encourage anytime you read anything, especially in the gospels and Jesus is speaking, always picture where you are in the crowd. It's interesting. There are some, Jesus says, that are standing in this crowd. I wonder how those words fell on their ears. Like, me? Will I taste death? Oh, death. And then they're, they're gone. Their thoughts are gone. I'm thinking about death now, and I'm not hearing another word that Jesus is saying. Have you ever heard that in a preaching? You, there's a message going, and something takes you to your grocery list, and you're like, I don't even know what the pastor said after that. It's hunting season. My husband will hear a word that triggers like a bow or a gun or a deer or a mountain or a river or a lake or anything, and he's like, babe, I don't even know what Steve talked about today. He said this one sentence, and he'll remember what that sentence was or what that word was, and he's like, and I was gone. I was figuring out where I was going the next week. (laughs) We do this. And there are those of those people that are in this crowd listening to the very voice of Jesus. And they're sitting there listening to Jesus talking. And he says something that triggers a thought and their thoughts gone. And they're still standing there in the crowd, but they're not hearing. Where are you in this crowd? What are you hearing? Jesus says to those who are in the crowd, and Jesus says, listen to this. Jesus says this to the disciples. Are you standing close enough to Jesus that you're standing among the disciples? Crowds have layers of people, don't they? 
There are those that are there waiting, and there are those that are invited, and there are those that are running late. <laughs> Who's in the back with me? Running late in the crowd. And then there are those that are there because they're serving with Jesus. So they're firsthand. Jesus is talking. Those disciples are right next to Jesus. Are you standing right next to the disciples? If you are, be proud of where you're standing. I would like to say I would be there standing among the disciples, close to the very voice of Jesus. Where are you standing? Jesus says to the disciples, listen closely, daughter of the king. There are those that are standing. I'm dying to stand and teach today. He says, there are those among these disciples that will not taste death, which means there are those among the disciples that will die before the kingdom of God comes. I wonder if any of the disciples had that thought. Oh, will I be alive when the kingdom of God comes? Or will I die before the kingdom of God comes? For those of us that are Bible students and you can go through your disciples, will you go through your disciples in your head and think about the different disciples? You're standing next to Peter. You're standing next to John. You're standing next to Judas. You've got Judas Iscariot standing right next to you. Jesus is saying these words to Judas Iscariot. He's saying these words to Peter. And he says, some of you, some of you will not taste death before the power comes. It's the Holy Spirit coming. This is Acts 1. You can I was reading Acts 1 with my son this morning. Acts 1 declares that Jesus gives his final words, that there is power that is coming, and this power is going to come and enable you to be a witness to your people and around the world. And then it goes on and talks about Matthias. Who's Matthias? Bible student. Acts 1. Matthias is the one who is chosen to become one of the 12 disciples. And he's chosen to become one of the 12 disciples because Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus and was no longer a disciple. He was in this crowd to whom Jesus was speaking to. He was the one that Jesus says, some, some are not going to taste death, but some are going to die before the power comes. Judas hung himself before the Holy Spirit came. We see this in Acts 1. Where are you in the crowd? As we do these next six weeks in love and power, will you know and be confident in where you are in the crowd? And if you look around where you are in the crowd and you don't like where you are in the crowd, will you change where you are in the crowd? You have to change that. Your feet allow you to do that. Your hands allow you to do that. Your heart allows you to do that. You say, I'm not where I want to be, then move. Do that. If you love where you are in the crowd and your heart is there and your eyes are there and your ears are open, be proud of where you are. And I'm not saying a haughty pride, but be proud of the very God that loves you and be proud of the very Jesus who loves you and be proud of the very power of the Holy Spirit that is in you and being confident in where you are. I stand among the disciples and I say that with full humility. Where do you stand? Where are you in the crowd? Be confident of that. Jesus says there are some, there are some that will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God after it has come with power. Can I give you a personal challenge? And then we're going to go to a different passage. Will you, as you pray over that word to ponder with God this week, ponder with God, don't ponder on your own. Don't ponder with a commentary. 
Can I say that? Whatever word that's on your heart, will you refuse and slap your hand when you want to go to your favorite commentary? You're like, I have never read a commentary in my life. Good, don't. Not right now. But for those of us that dog ear the Strong's Concordance and highlight and put notes in a Strong's Concordance, I'm raising my hand for those on podcasts that can't see. I love a good deep search. Will you refrain from doing that this week? Refrain from doing that this week. When you have your word, don't go to a commentary. Don't go to your steady Bible. Don't go to your steady Bible. Do you know the steady Bible, the notes in your steady Bible were written by humans? Do you know who knows where he wants that thought to go inside of your heart is God. Will you let God lead your search between you and God before you bring another man's opinion into it? Fair? See what God has to say. And when you test God in growing what this word, what God wants you to grow in this word before you go to other people's research, then you get more confidence in, is this God or is this me? It'll grow that confidence. I promise. I testify. It'll grow that confidence. Trust God. You're like, but he's not moving fast enough. So then slow down. (laughs) But I want the answer now. Slow down. Give God time. Give the spirit time. My personal challenge for you, if this is what God is laying on your heart to receive, Mark 9 is your chapter this week. Some of you will be in Matthew 6, like we talked about last week. Stay in Matthew 6. Mark 9, if the Holy Spirit is saying, this is is you and me, this is where we are, then pray over Mark 9. Fast with God over Mark 9. Ponder a word from Mark 9. Stay in Mark 9 this week. Is this for all of us? Nope. Is this for you? I don't know. Pray about it. Mark 9. The sister passage of Mark 9 is Matthew 17. Matthew 17. Remember where you are in the crowd, whether you're standing or among the crowd or you're standing among the disciples. Remember where you are. See where you are. Be real with where you are. If we're not real with God, then growth won't happen. Matthew 17, verse 20. Matthew 17, verse 20. We're going to read verse 20. I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to say a couple of words. Verse 20. It says, he said to them. Interesting start. Question. Who are your pronouns? He is. I'm going to ask that one more time. He is. Ah, is there power in the name? He said to them. Who is them? Them. The disciples are there. There's a broken father's heart that is there. There's a demon-possessed boy that is there. There are crowds around that are watching a whole chaotic scene. There are emotions of every scale, from heartache to judgment and everything in between. You have an emotion coursing through you right now. I guarantee you're standing among a person that knows your emotion. When you read Mark 9 and you read Matthew 17, you'll get more picture of what's going on. You'll see the emotion. And you may want to find your emotion in the crowd. Make it real. It'll help you see where you are in the story. There's, there's devastation happening in Matthew 17. And Jesus says to them, where are your ears? Where are you hearing these words? He says these powerful words He says, because of your little faith, period, 
For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you, period. Some of our versions will say, but this kind cannot happen, but by prayer and fasting. Some of our versions do not include that verse. But if our version does not include that verse, it includes a digit or a mark in your Bible saying, some versions include these words which ultimately means your Bible contains those words in a footnote somewhere. Jesus is saying that you cannot do these things, but by prayer and fasting, what things is one question I want you to think about. What things can you not do, but by prayer and fasting? And what in the world is Jesus saying? It's my other question. That's the one I'm going to focus on. Here's why this verse gets confusing. You're like, I know this verse. I've heard this verse, the grain of a mustard seed. I try. I try so hard to have the faith of a mustard seed. I think we have it all wrong. This is, this is what I've been praying about the last couple of days. This is, where, this, is, this is the outcome of my personal challenge with God this week. This. Jesus says, he says to his disciples who could not heal this demon-possessed boy, and he says to this father who wants this demon-possessed boy to be healed, and he says to the crowd that are judging the scene, that are in anxiety over the scene, he says these words, because of your little faith, and we sit with that, and we're like, oh, that's me. I have little faith. And we evaluate our faith based on other people's faith. What, what else do we evaluate our faith on? Oh, well, I've got a friend who's got lots of faith. I have little faith. And we compare our faith with, with among one another's. Paul says to the church of Corinth, those who judge themselves among themselves are not wise. So don't do that anymore. Judge yourself against somebody else. You're a fool. Don't, don't be a fool. It's a short summary of scripture. Verse 20 says, he said to them, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed then you'll be able to do these things. So ultimately, if this is the way we hear this verse, because of your little faith, Jesus says, for truly I say to you, if you have faith, the grain of a mustard seed, which the, the grain of a mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds, right? We've heard this before. So if we say what we've been told and what we've been taught often with this scripture, Jesus is ultimately saying, it's because you have little faith, but if you have very little faith, then you can move a mountain. Anybody else seen that something's missing? Jesus is saying, you can't do this miraculous thing because you have little faith. However, if you have very, very little faith, then mountains will move. Something's missing. Something is drastically missing. And I fully, firmly believe what is missing is vision. Matthew 13, Jesus says, blessed is the one who sees. Blessed is the one who hears. Blessed is the one who understands. And then this happens. Jesus is blessing over those who see and hear and understand the kingdom of heaven. That verb, the verbiage happens before this example takes place. And the disciples are saying, I tried. I tried to do a spiritual thing on earth for the benefit of earth and I could not do it. Jesus says, oh, you're missing the whole point. 
you're missing the whole point. When you're praying and you're fasting and you're focused on your relationship with me for matters of earth, then you're missing the whole point. Don't do spiritual for earth. Don't do religion for earth. Don't do Christian for earth because that reward we talked about last week is void. Your reward will come from humanity and you'll get your reward from humanity and then you'll die. The end. Jesus says when you do your religious deeds for the sake of religious deeds, for the sake of rewards and outcome on earth, you're missing the whole point. It's because you have little faith. Your little faith is only seeing the tangible, but we're not living in the tangible. You're like, we're not? No, no, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The power of God, which is the spirit of God is at hand. You who are a believer in the the death and the resurrection of God's eternal son, Jesus Christ, you who have put your faith in Jesus Christ, you who have called out Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I know you are the only way to heaven. It's not religion. It's not re- spirituality. It's not my good works. It's Jesus. It's Jesus's resurrection from the dead. And I put my full faith in you as my Lord and as my savior, you Christian have the Holy Spirit the very power of the Holy Spirit in you. And it's in that that you pray. It's in that that you fast. It's in that that you move power and mountains are gone. We see later in scripture that fig trees, which is false prophets and false religions, gone. Not because you're praying and that you're a good Christian as much as you can. That's little faith. But when your vision is open to the kingdom of heaven, when your ears are open to the kingdom of heaven, when you're understanding that things are so much more than what's tangible, life is so much more than what's tangible because everything that's tangible, everything that's tangible will be gone. Everything. Everything that is on this little black stool that I'm sitting on right now, from body to sweater, gone. A fire comes, everything here will be burned up. So if I live my life for anything tangible, anything here, I've lived my life for something that's gone. But Jesus says, when you pray and when you fast and when you spend time to do the things with me, that, that we see in the end of Mark 8, that is eternal That is the kingdom of heaven. That is the kingdom of heaven. If you do anything by the name of Jesus, that's eternal. Will it affect things on earth? Yes. Jesus says, do you remember when I fed 5,000? The disciples said, yes. Who did that benefit? People on earth, right? That was all tangible. It was all tangible. It was tangible bodies, tangible bread, tangible fish. It was all tangible. What Jesus did was a miracle that affected life on earth. However, the fruit that came from it, the excessiveness that came from it, the lessons that came from it, the life that came from it, the eternal effect that came from it, that is what Jesus was trying to teach the disciples. 
what I did was to teach you disciples that life is so much more than tangible. And when you see that, and when you understand that, when you hear that, your prayer life, your fasting life, your relationship with your God is going to floor you. There's your reward. What does that reward look like? That's between you and God. But I'm telling you right now, when you spend time with God in all three manners over that word and you let that word seep in you and you let that focus on and ponder within you, what does this word look like in my life for all of eternity? Not right now. When we focus on what we want from God for right now, nah, you've wasted your time. Is that terrible to say out loud? It's just religion. It's just religion. God, I've got all these tangible prayer requests. And they could be sweet prayer requests and needful prayer requests, but all, all we're doing is just tangible. God, I just need tangible stuff because my life right now on earth is hard. And I need my life on earth to be easy. <laughs> Jesus says there's so much more, honey. There's so much more. Because your life on earth is going to be hard because your life on earth, earth is cursed. Women are cursed. Men are cursed. You're living in a world of sin. What do you expect? But you're also living. Look at the Lord's prayer. Spend time in the Lord's prayer. You're living on earth as the kingdom has come. And if you can look at your tangible existence surrounded by the eternity. Oh, and that, and that you spend time with God. Your prayer life is going to just catch on fire. You're fasting, that feeling of hunger. You connect that feeling of hunger with that one word and you let God lead that conversation and you let the Holy Spirit, and we'll talk about this more next week, you let the Holy Spirit lead that time with your God. Oh, the effects, the effects will be for eternity. It will be for eternity. That's our focus. Father God, set our eyes. Oh, we beg with our whole soul, that you'll set our eyes. I pray that you help us to see. Lord, if there's anyone that is hearing this that does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I pray right now that their heart, that their words will proclaim, Father God, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe that you were buried. I believe, Jesus Christ, that you rose from the dead. I believe that you are in heaven right now, offering me a new life in you. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord. I follow you as my Savior. I thank you and I praise you for being my God. Oh, I pray salvation over the heart that does not know Jesus as their Savior. For the one that did just receive you. Oh, Father God, thank you. Thank you for the gift of salvation. I pray that she will feel so whole in your love, that she'll feel so welcome in the family of God. I pray that you will pour, pour your presence over her. Father God, I pray that you'll help us to see. Help us to see where we are in the crowds, where we are with the disciples. Open our ears to your words that you're speaking to us as we stand there. Help us to understand Lord, it's so hard to see past the tangible. It's so hard. Father God, I pray through the power of the Holy Spirit and the love of Jesus Christ that we will understand that there is so much more than what's tangible. Help us to understand that. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
Thank you for joining us today. For more Women Inseparable studies, check out our website at womeninseparable.com. Send your questions to womeninseparable at gmail.com.